In this episode of The Full Nerd, Apple's M1 chip will kill the PC, paper launches, and Xbox X impressions. Welcome to The Full Nerd, episode 157. I'm your host, Gordon Ung, with co-host Brad Charkis. Hello, Internet. Alini is here. Hello, everybody. And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, so I have a question for everyone. I did a PC build yesterday. Uh, thank you, you did. To, uh, to Brad for sending me a 3080. Uh, put together a PC build for Cyberpunk 2077. And I, we had a question we were talking about in the chat. It, if I'm just ripping guts out of an old system, pairing it with some new parts, putting it together and do new build... Is that truly a PC build? Did I build a PC? Or was that just a... Oh, it's uh, like upgrade, the ship of uh, Theseus or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what did, we talked about, Elena and I did on the stream, but I, yeah. I want to hear Gordon and Brad. You, people have to, I mean, you know, people just like to, to unless you actually literally built the chips and motherboard and power supply and went out and got a forge and make the case we are all essentially including all of the oems basically fancy assemblers we assembled <laughs> them right nobody what's build did you actually like did you mine the iron ore and then smelt it into a sword <laughs> no no so, I, I did well, not manufacture the parts uh, and let's be honest you didn't make that iron ore did you Right. That was made by the universe when the whatever the, the the infinity stones exploded, the iron ore was created and that that's what created it. So, no, you didn't build it at all. Oh, OK. Brad, what do you think? <laughs> uh, sure. It's a PC. <laughs> I think as long as, as as long as you're not just like replacing the GPU, it's if you're taking parts out and putting them together, you built a PC. Oh, <laughs> that extreme. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Love it. Uh, you know what, though? Maybe this is all a moot point because uh, supposedly I can just sell my PC now because uh, these new Apple chips are faster than 98% of the PCs uh, sold on the market today. Right, Gordon? P PC laptops. And, you know, of course, this is, you know, I, I, I should blame myself because you, if you're triggered, that's it's sort of your fault if you get blamed for it. But uh, again, so Apple's big announcement, was it this week or last week? I can't even remember. It was, was it Tuesday? God, that feels Tuesday. like it forever ago. No, I know. Um, I actually, just to digress <laughs> for a second, you know, just to give the show some flavor. Uh, today, I took my trash out, uh, got it all the way out to the curb, which is a lot because I live in the middle of nowhere and have a long driveway. And then I had to bring it all back in because it hit me after I dragged it all out that today is not Monday. I thought it was Monday. So, yeah, time sucks. <laughs> it's, it's very confusing, yeah, because today is Thursday. Of course, yesterday was a holiday for most of the people in the U.S. So thank you for your service, veterans, yesterday. Yep. Today we're talking about the Apple M1 chip, though. And during their press conference on Tuesday, they said basically this, this the new MacBook Air, a Low TDP fanless MacBook Air is faster than 98% of the PC laptops sold. If I'm, I think it's like this year or within the last year, as I think they were, they basically said. And of course, that triggered people like me because, like, well, what does that even mean? Because Apple didn't really say as part of its press conference. They did later on after the press conference apparently release some more figures on the website. 
but their actual official press release basically said we're faster based on uh, industry standard benchmarks and use case model stuff, blah, blah. You know, it was very nebulous. It didn't really say 98%. What does that mean? They did say it was from Gartner. It's a, it's a, you know, an analyst firm that sort of says what sold, who sold it, blah, 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 blah. But 98% really is like, well, that goes everywhere from Celeron and Chromebook all the way up to what? Cry 9. And I'm sure I don't really know where that lines are. Is it the gaming laptops, the screen laptops? Well, what are you talking about here? And so, the, of course, that triggers me. If you're going to make and, a claim like that, you need to back it up. If you, yeah, because, I mean, look at the claims that AMD made with the, the new Ryzen launch. This benchmark. This, this benchmark, that, this, and of course that is a little different. I understand it because AMD is essentially a component company. It is talking to a very different crowd. Apple is talking to the people that walk into Best Buy and buy to Best Buy. They're not talking to the crowd. That's like, oh, I need to read this benchmark and blah, blah, blah. They're just, they want to get a message out there. They want it out there. And frankly, again, I fell for the trap because when you say 98% faster, Everybody's going to repeat that line. Everybody did. And, of course, I want to point this out because all of the all of the haters that are here to yell at me, again, I'm fine with that because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to feel your pain. I understand. I said in the story that I said, I think saying this, stating this without being detailed, it's just totally full of it, that I very much believe that this new M1 chip based on TSMC's you know, leading edge, five nanometer process, and with the resources of, if not the richest, one of the richest corporations on the planet, that it is going to just be awesome. And there will be things, it will indeed be faster than a lot of PC laptops are. Well, and the, that fancy slide, the the chart, you know, one chart went like this, the other chart went like this. I mean... Oh, it's yeah, better. for power savings. I mean, I, the power savings are going to be – it's going to be good, right? Awesome. They are saying – they did say – I was looking at the specs of the uh, MacBook Pro 13, you know, the older Intel, which was – I think they updated to Ice Lake. So an Ice Lake versus this new 5 nanometer part, they were saying basically practically double the battery life, like 10 hours, um, 10 hours of wireless web versus 20 hours. That's pretty damn impressive, right? That's – that's that's ARM. That's ARM for you. Because if you look at the Windows on ARM laptops, you can see a lot of those laptops clock in at like 18, 20 hours, like ridiculous battery life. That's just, you know, x86 hours come from performance first and they work on power efficiency, like, but performance is first. Whereas ARM came from uh, efficiency first and worked on performance. Yeah, no. And, and I'm, you know, again, I, you know, this is the frustrating thing because I've been in so many arguments on Twitter with people already over this because it's like, if you go and read the story, I said, it's going to be faster. But don't just sort of throw out 98%. And it's like, what does that mean? Because I, and people would say, well, this doesn't include gaming laptops. Are you saying that fewer than 2% of the laptops sold in the last year were not gaming laptops with discrete graphics? You know, I just, I don't, Especially I don't believe this that. year. Especially this year, I just don't, I just don't believe it. And I would just, I would rather see them just say, Hey, look. And again, that whole 98% thing, that is for maximum effect. And I don't blame Apple at all. This is what they're doing. This is their job. They do the right thing. The maximum effect is to say we're faster than 98% of all PC laptops sold in the last year. So what your thousand dollar laptop is indeed faster than $150 laptop. Yeah. Well, hell, it better be right. It's a thousand dollars, but I would expect that. 
A footnote. I, you need a footnote. You need, I would just <laughs> would have felt better if they said, look, we took our new M1-based MacBook Air and we put it up against our – and the older one was like a, a dual core. Hell, I don't remember what was in it, but it wasn't even a quad core, I don't think. And it was – you know, I believe it was fanless. I'm not totally up on Mac stuff, but – I would have been cool to see like for like benchmarks. Like, look at our new M1 versus our our uh, thir- our MacBook Air or MacBook Pro 13. Look at this. I mean, there's there's going to be some things where they are just going to beat down that Intel part, right? It's what was, it's not- what was interesting to me looking at that presentation was that the couple of graphs that they did show about efficiency and performance and stuff like that. They didn't even label the axes. They just had like a line that said 10 watts at one point, and then no other numbers whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that, that's that's the thing. Apple really, I mean, it's it's marketing, obviously, but I just went back and looked again at at the presentation just to double check. But they they try to have it both ways because just minutes before they show those really generic graphs, they're they're showing the the different parts of the the die on the M1 chip, saying, "Oh, look at all this cache. You've got you know this this ultra low latency." They're just digging deep into engineering stuff that, like, I mean, I I don't even know what that is. And then they're like, "Okay, and next." up here's a really generic chart and it's like well no why don't you get as specific as you did with the architecture with the benchmarks like you they're having to play they're wanting to play both ways and it's it's just isn't just, i don't know yeah yeah i and you it's, know and the thing i and i just want to i because i've been like this is just you know i'm triggered by this obviously because it's exact they did exactly what they wanted to which is to bait everybody into responding I want to know, and this is what I honestly want to know, after I just basically complimented Apple, right, in the M1, I think it's going to be awesome sauce. Where's the ugly stuff? I want to see the ugly stuff. Now, I wouldn't expect them to call out the ugly stuff, but I'm going to hope that people who get these things in their hands don't run, you know, Geekbench. They don't run the new wildlife uh, benchmark and call it a day. They don't do just the new Max on Cinebench. I hope they actually go in and really dig in to the ugly stuff. Cause this is the one thing that really gets me is I think when you have the, that tightly optimized code for that new M one, it's going to be awesome. Right. The new, right. New Photoshop, new premiere, uh, the black magic stuff I think is like, Hey, you can bet your ass off, bet your ass. They have optimized the hell out of that for, Apple hardware. What happens when you get to the stuff that just isn't great? Yeah, I was talking experiences that just suck. I was talking with uh, Ian Paul, who works with us this morning, and uh, saying the exact same thing. Like, of course, you should test that kind of stuff. And you know, a lot of the early performance indicators are using things like Geekbench and Spec, uh, which are very niche-specific things that measure. What I want to see people do is actually go in there and like. Because I believe that uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, at least Rise of the Tomb Raider, is available on Macs. Like, go in there and run that on an Intel MacBook, and then run that on this new MacBook, and let us know what that emulation hit gives us. Because that's the kind of stuff where it's going to hurt, I think. Right. And I think, to Apple's credit, that is where they will succeed, whereas Microsoft has never succeeded, in my opinion, with ARM so far. Yep. It's just all, it's all the legacy stuff. Again, this is legacy is great until you're a hindrance to the future for them. And Apple is really good at cutting people off if you're legacy products. And 
I really want to see how this can perform. So like people are like, wow, you know what we're going to see? Now, I will tell you, I should have written a story. I should have predicted the future. I should have just predicted that yesterday and today we would see Geekbench score. We would see maybe a wildlife score. We're going to see a Maxon score. Holy smokes, it's kicking the butt on a Core i9, you know, 16-inch MacBook Pro, right? And then we're, and then you are going to see, we're actually going to see, we're going to get Photoshop. We're going to get Premiere. We're going to get Resolve or whatever. And so, wow, this is really incredible. Look how incredible this is. Yeah, no kidding. It should be. It was impre- It was incredible on the iPad Pro 13. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you want to run something that is not so pretty? I just, I just want to emphasize that I want to see the ugly part because I, I like, I like, what if I paid for a perpetual version of Lightroom? Right, mm-hmm. which is I don't want to pay Adobe every month to use Lightroom. I bought the permanent one. Can I run that on this thing? I don't think you can because I don't think there's 64-bit support. If I can, how much does it suck? Or is it just going to be so awesome? That chip is, M1 is going to be so incredible that even that, that emulated you know, Lightroom uh, perpetual runs like awesome on this over an, an Intel part. I don't know, but I want to know this. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be facing weeks of people just simply cheerleading, you know, stuff for I, you know, till the truth fair, comes out. I ex- I would expect Apple's emulation to be better than what we've seen on Windows. That, that's just my guess. Uh, that's what I feel is going to happen. And I do think that. You know, the key apps that a lot of creative people use on their Macs. So talking about the perpetual, not perpetual, the subscription version of Lightroom and sure. all these all these other things, those are going to get optimized for this new architecture very quickly. So this stuff does all matter, but I think the apps that truly matter to MacBook users and people who use this for creative, like for their work, are going to embrace this very quickly. I, I, honestly, though, I mean, sure, you can get Adobe on, you're going to get Blackmagic, you're going to get the, the major players on. For me, at least as a video professional, there's there's always a handful of plugins that just are going to break. So, yep. you know, Red, Red Giant or, you know, just any time you use a third-party plugin for any of those video uh, processing things. I remember the, the switch uh, from PowerPC to, to Intel, like that broke just a, a ton of stuff. Uh, in terms of plugins and it's like it's just going to take everyone time to catch up so actually i mean i I think most creatives i mean that's one of the things you learn as a creative it's like you know don't mess with some production workflow in the middle of a big project so i actually think professionals aren't going to be switching for a while they're going to let a couple years behind them they'll let a lot of that stuff get ironed out or at least i should say the high-end professionals you know the people who really need it day to day the average youtuber or something probably is just going to be fine uh but yeah i mean it's yeah exacerbating that i was reading on i think engadget this morning uh that these Macs won't work with Thunderbolt enclosures, like out, outer. Yeah. So they were specifically talking about GPU enclosures, but that makes me wonder, because I haven't looked deeply enough into this, does it support Thunderbolt at all? Because if not, I mean, that's been a big selling point for, you know, creative yeah. professionals for a long time, all these external drives and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It does actually support Thunderbolt. They call it out, and I, it's actually, I have a lot of questions about that too, because they basically say Thunderbolt, no version, slash usb4 so it's not really clear to me it's like thunderbolt 
three. Thunderbolt four, of course, encapsulates USB four. So isn't that you? Isn't that Thunderbolt four? Um, but you know, the impression I got was it's actually on the SOC. So they have gone where nobody else has, and that successfully integrate Thunderbolt. And this is to Apple's credit into the SOC here. I don't know how they did that though, because as far as I know, Intel owns all of that and has owned all of that. But you know, Intel was a very close partnership with Apple. They with the close partnership with Apple to try to make Thunderbolt work all these years. It was it failed in the first two iterations. I'm kind of wondering if maybe part of that deal was like, look, you need to give us access to this. We need to integrate this into our SOC, right? So, yep. I mean, the impression I got was it's on the SOC, but which is that's that's a feat in itself because nobody else has been able to do it. Probably nobody else really wants to because it is Intel technology. But that is a big question. But I don't understand why. Maybe that's just one of those, you know, uh, features to come. You know, as I've said, Apple is wonderful at at being the mall. You go to the mall and it's just like they just shut down some, you know, a Cinnabon. They wall <laughs> it up and they put all kinds of happy pictures on it and say, hey, this is coming soon, right? We're going to replace this with the Starbucks. They're really good at walling stuff off, and you don't. It doesn't really bother you that there's that's just an empty slot in that in that mall. So I I think maybe they could eventually enable external GPUs. I would imagine they would want to. Uh, I don't know because their whole thing is moving over to their new chips to put in support for AMD and Nvidia. I mean that's a lot of work on their end to do that, isn't it? Or I, imagine imagine a feature where they say, hey, you know what? We just made our own external enclosure. You plug this baby in; it's got all our own uh, parts in it. <laughs> so, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, they're... that would be that's bad, right? I mean, that's kind of that scary future for I, I think for Mac users because it's for the last ten years or more, it's been fairly open as a platform. Yep. It's getting more and more closed, and most people think it's going to get even even more closed. But if they if they don't support external GPUs using third-party graphics cards, man, yeah, it's that's... interesting because we've always talked about the walled garden, but that was largely about the software, you know, angle of it and the OS angle of it. Now with this, they're moving to a fully like closed ecosystem. Like you're not going to be able to make a Hackintosh anymore. I wouldn't think, at least not very easily, and it will have a lot of crippling aspects to it. I would think, at least with this first iteration. Yeah, a walled garden, I think, is mostly, I would sort of thought, is mostly applied to iOS devices. Yeah. Because on the yeah. on the Mac side, it's been pretty They're open. Pretty open. Could, yeah. They can run Linux if they want to. You can you can hack in an, in, even NVIDIA GPU. It's not it's not fun, but they can do it. But that makes it really, doesn't that make it unappealing? Because I, I, and I, I'm just kind of like, because you, when you get to these inflection points, you always go like, how many things was I wrong about? Because I think I've been saying for a while, when Apple does this, if Apple does this move, and they are clearly going to do it, it's the end of the Mac as we know it. Mm-hmm. Was I wrong on that point? And you know, as as a journalist, you should also you should always do introspection. Well, did I screw this up? I don't think so in a lot of ways because I think the Mac is no longer what it was. I mean, that feature of being able to boot into Windows, which basically saved the Mac when they came over from PowerPC and looked like Mac OS was just limping along. That was like a really powerful selling point on the Mac because it was like, oh, you want to buy a Windows computer, Windows PC, but you know you can boot into Windows on 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 our Mac. So that, Apple, you, Apple you, makes you the, the best Windows laptop. Yeah, the best of both worlds, <laughs> right? That is looking like it's over. I mean, it's not officially over, but I'm 
pretty sure that ain't ever going to happen. So that sucks. You can't if you can't run external GPUs, which is awesome, that are made by anybody else to make it sort of more affordable. Then what is this? It's really just taking one big step toward being an iPad with a keyboard on it, right? I mean, I I think though that the real question is who do they think their audience is now? And I think you know, as you just pointed out, when they needed to regain ground, they had to be much more open and appealing to more people so that could, I guess, shore up their numbers. But now they're in a really strong position, and I think the people they're going to keep aren't going to care about the hardware. Like I was actually getting text messages from friends who were just saying like, "This looks awesome. I can't wait to wait to see benchmarks." And in my head, my first thought was well, how are you going to pit it against an x86 system to begin with? Like, how are you really going to know what the performance you're getting is? But I don't think they care. They just, honestly, this kind of touches a little bit on what we're going to talk about in consoles, where it's like, they just want to be told it's faster. They want to see that it feels faster. And they're going to be okay with that. They're going to be okay with that. And it's not, it's not like uh, PC users, where we're like, wait, how can we upgrade that? Like, how, what else can we do with it? Also, I think Gordon froze. <laughs> he froze in a really good spot too. <laughs> uh, sorry for you audio listeners, but Gordon is froze. Uh, very thoughtful. Very yeah, thoughtful. He's, yeah. He's thinking about I mean he's just holding, holding yeah. on to the seat of his pants. That's that's a good that's a good point to all this. Like we come from a pro PC, pro DIY, pro openness perspective. And I don't think if you're buying a Mac, you're going for that. You're going for the Mac experience. And I genuinely think that there are going to be some teething issues with, you know, this first rollout of, uh, you know, emulation and all these ARM processors and stuff. But maybe not this year, but in the next couple of years, I believe that Apple wouldn't be doing this unless they truly believe that this will give the Mac users a better Mac experience. Not necessarily a better PC experience, but it's going to be humming for what they do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I see, at least anecdotally, personally for me, I was, I was a diehard Mac person. I, I got my first Mac in two thousand eight uh, when I went to school for audio engineering. Uh, the Mac is still great for audio related tasks and whatnot. And but over time, what really killed it for me was the lack of upgradability, the lack of configurability. I, I wanted to tailor my needs. Uh, with with the the hardware and see the performance benefit and as apple has started to take that away as as well as killing some of the apps that i used <laughs> uh it was it, i i i see more people in my field going that same way being like you know what i i'm getting less options the options i do have are constrained and i can't really upgrade around it so i'm i'm going to go windows i don't see I don't see much of a narrative for Windows people to go Apple. Like, I, I think they're really just like digging in and saying, hey, you know what? If you're an Apple person, we're going to give you the best Apple experience. But I, I don't see a narrative where they're like, hey, this is, it's so much better over here. I mean, may, maybe for the really light users, if they really care about battery life and they've been burned. Uh, actually, I, I know somebody personally who was just asking me about new uh, laptop recommendations. They're on an old MacBook Air from like 2000. Uh, 12 or something and it's finally dying and they're like hey i've been burned by really bad dell laptops like latitudes and i, I you know so i'm really wary about going with a windows machine should i should i do apple or windows what do you recommend so i i 
sent some really good Windows options, um, mm-hmm. you know, most of the flagship stuff. Uh, and I was like, you know, right now is not a great time to buy Apple because of the new chips. And then the new the announcement came yep. out and I forwarded that. But they all they cared about was how light it was, mm-hmm. uh, how much battery life it had. Yep. Uh, and, I mean, really, those were like the two big concerns. He's like, yeah. You know. I, so just because I'm, I'm behind on the news, um, dirty secret here. Um, <laughs> just to confirm, this is only for their laptops, right? The M1 chip has only been announced for laptops, or is it also for they, desktop as they well? They announced a Mac Mini. Uh, okay. They have a Mac Mini well. and a Mac Pro. And a Mac Pro. Well, they, they didn't yeah, announce they, the Mac Pro at this event. Yeah, they did. They had a Mac Pro. They had a Mac Pro with an M1 chip in it? Yeah, 13. Yeah. And oh, no, no, so, a MacBook Pro. MacBook Pro. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah. I was Sorry. about to say Mac Pro. Because I, I was MacBook talking about Pro. desktop. Because I, I kind of feel like just the, the trend in tech, a lot of my friends who code will do it on MacBooks, right? And so like your friend, Adam, their biggest concerns are battery life and how easy it is to deal with any headaches right mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that's really what you're buying into when you buy into apple you can take it down or at least in the old days you could take it down to the genius bar um customer support support will bend over backwards to kind of help you out it's not like having to call into some call center where somebody might not be able actually to understand what you're asking them and you have to keep trying to um ask for the next level up in support or talk to a supervisor, which is really frustrating, right? So I think for those people who want just a really easy kind of experience, that's what's going to appeal to. What I'm more interested in, honestly, is to see how far they push this chip, if they're going to actually push it in like main desktops or if that's going to stay Intel. Yeah, because the interesting thing... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say those arguments of having great battery life uh, and just being easy to use don't appeal to the people who are on iMac Pros and Mac Pros desktop systems. Like the battery life thing is just, it doesn't matter. Power efficiency, not a huge deal uh, to to high-end users who buy desktop-based systems. So I, I can totally see it in the laptop approach, sure. But in the desktop, it, I just, I don't see it yet. Not yet, yeah, right? It's, it's a really great time to consider if you have been on Macs to move to the PC with everything we're doing with Threadripper, with all the new GPUs we're getting. Like now is a really great time to consider moving to Windows if you've been on PC because these, I'm sure AMD, oh not AMD, Apple is going to roll out higher end versions of all this eventually to make the Mac Pro and stuff. Sure. But for right now, uh, these initial M1 chips are eight cores and they're not all the eight same high performance cores like you would get with x86 with amd or apple or intel it's uh four lower performance cores and four higher performance cores so i'm i'm really interested to see where the benchmarks fall once they start doing all this because it does have very high single thread performance but once you start doing workloads that tap a bunch of cores how much how much of a you know a detriment is that going to be under system and i find it interesting that uh all three of these uh configurations the mac mini the macbook air and the macbook pro all basically have the same hardware inside the big difference is cooling in size so you know they're the exact same setup inside the difference is one has a fan and a lot more metal inside to cool it and i'm, I'm real curious to see how much of a difference that makes uh welcome back gordon we we missed you yeah i don't know just the lost internet connection on just one device. So you, who knows? You should have had uh, a Mac. It, it would have just yeah. You wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't just work right. So, but no, I I wanted to pick up where Elena was talking about, and I do think for the crowd, 
and I, I get it. People who buy Macs, honestly, like I've been saying, I wouldn't buy an Intel Mac at this point. You'd be crazy to because mostly you know that Apple's going to cut your knees off in three to four years. And $2,000 investment, you want to use it. Oh, geez. No, it's all these we, I still see you. Okay. Oh, is yeah, there a Windows update? Of, oh. Yeah. That happens. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what this is. I need uh, to turn that off when you're <laughs> streaming. But no, I no, I, I think for is especially for the MacBook Air buyer, you're, it's essentially that class of user, the use model. It's it's basically a Chromebook at that point, right? It's like how I basically use this this HP laptop that I use. It's basically a glorified Chromebook. You know, it's got more capabilities, but I don't really need a lot of performance on it. I don't think it matters. The Pro one will be very interesting to me because that's, you know, it's got a fan, higher TDP. So I think Photoshop will matter more there, maybe video editing if they can, you know. The cool thing I do think it'll enable is that tightly coupled Apple, you know, that iron fist of Apple, it's, if you want onto our platform, it's it's got to be really optimized. So it it really will enable probably things you couldn't do before, you know. So somebody was asking earlier. I'm I'm sorry, I forgot uh, who to mark down who it was, but uh, they were asking, uh, "Is this the end of uh, Mac gaming as we know it?" Uh, obviously, the Mac wasn't a, a huge gaming platform anyway, but you know, you're talking about either emulating something that r- ran on uh, um, x86 base versions or gaming. That's I mean, I, I can't see too many developers just. Uh, making games for the Mac platform going forward. So what do you think? You know, I thought that was... Go ahead. You I go suspect that for the initial bit, it'll be like the Windows Store was for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Windows 10 to Windows Store, if you went into there, now you'll find stuff, everything you find on Xbox Game Pass, basically. But when it first started up, it was blown up versions of mobile games. I think that's going to be a lot of it. Uh it, it it's it's going to be real interesting to see because Apple didn't even officially support Vulkan uh, since a couple of years ago. Kronos had to work with other people to get Vulkan APIs and SDKs working on Macs because Apple moved all the way over to Metal, which mm-hmm. is also on iOS. So we're going to have to see. Uh, uh, Leif, who used to work for Macworld, he's a big gamer. Uh, he said GeForce Now is the difference maker for him. On on Max, and I think that's going to be much more so going forward. If you're interested in gaming, you're going to probably have to embrace, you know, blown up mobile games or tap into something like GeForce Now or Stadia or XCloud or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did, did you find it interesting too? Because during the presentation, um, they talked about the awesome graphics performance of the new M1, and they talked about how your games would look, you know, better and blah blah blah. And then they showed some what basically looked like a fancified side scroller as their example of like incredible gaming, right? It was like, uh, okay, you know, I I wasn't because originally when they they made the announcement that they were going to burn all their ships, they showed they, Tomb showed they showed Tomb Raider, and I was like, how come they're not showing Tomb Raider now? I kind of figured they'd kind of keep going down that path, but they didn't. Yeah, and I do I do kind of wonder like, yeah, so are you going to be able to run Steam? Or does sort of Valve go like, you know what? We we see where this is going, Apple. You know, you basically, you and Epic went nuclear over thirty percent. Do you, we really think there's a future for Steam on this mm. new entirely 
most likely will be closed system. Is there a future for them there? I, I, I don't think the Mac, the people who buy Macs to game are not a very high percentage. I would think. I think it's people who buy Macs and just also like the game on the nights off or whatever. And for now, at least, uh, they have the emulation layer. That's, I mean, Steam's still going to work through that emulation layer. All the games should, I would think, hopefully work through that emulation layer. And that's the kind of stuff you can test and measure now. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I can't see there not being a significant performance hit from doing that. Uh, yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll say, I mean, back to the to the dual boot thing, when I had a, a really high-end Mac Pro, that that's what I did. I, I had Windows on there, a small partition, just to play some games. Because uh, that yep. was the only system I had at the time, uh, so even even That's I knew at the time. That's pretty much what all gamers yeah. do. <laughs> if you have a if you're a Linux user who likes a game, you have you know a partition with Windows. If you're on Mac, you use Bootcamp to get into Windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not going to be an option anymore. So yeah, so uh, searching. I, I a couple, there's a couple things in the chat people are bringing up, and so I, I kind of want to take it off on a, a little side tangent for a second here. Uh, what does this mean? For Intel, is this is this a really bad spot for Intel to be in to lose the Between Mac? this and AMD last week, Intel's not looking so hot all of a sudden. That's yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, how many times? How many fronts can Intel fight? They're fighting AMD. They're fighting Nvidia. They're fighting Apple. So yeah, it looks. If you were to look at it externally, it's like this is just possibly the worst time. I don't know. I mean, I think I've been saying this for the last couple of years now. I don't know when. Or if Intel pulls it out of the fire, but you know they have in the past. It is again a company built up of some of the smartest people on the planet. I I do imagine they they have some fight left in them, but I don't know. I wouldn't I I wouldn't take any bets. Whereas before, you always go like they will come back. This time, yep. I'm not going to put my money on it. So I wouldn't put money on anything right now. Who knows where the future goes? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. It's, it really is like the Wild West for the first time. In forever, yeah. <laughs> which is good. Tiger, Ultimately, it's it's good for everybody. Tiger Lake does look pretty good. Well, we're gonna have to see now that Intel seems like it's starting to fire off on ten nanometer. Hopefully, seven nanometer doesn't suffer the same fate. Uh, they could very well turn it around. Last time they were up against the wall with uh, ARM sixty four chips, uh, they pulled out you know the core architecture. So don't rule them out. Yeah, but it's I mean. It feels like it still will be another solid 12 months of bad news for Intel, at least. Because, I mean, um, there's I saw pictures today of a, a, an, a, an Epic based on Zen 3. So you can guess also as a Threadripper on Zen 3. And I think there was an interview in the street where AMD, you know, uh, engineering side exec was saying, yeah, we're working on Zen 4. You can expect us to make, you know, it's a very mature, you know, architecture you can expect us to also continue to improve it just as much as we did with zen 3 so zen 2 to zen 3 to zen 4 is 19 percent ish then you know damn that's it's not like amd is going to stand still here and get punched in the face (laughs) they're not gonna do what intel did (laughs) well the crazy thing with all this is you've got nvidia because nvidia's got ar data center and then if they really get this their arms around this arm thing i who knows where that goes Yeah, I know. I didn't even think about it until I said it, but I, we're, who knows where this goes, though? I mean, I know NVIDIA's like, you know what? Do you think we just dropped X amount of billion dollars to screw it up with everybody? But, you know, if you're Apple, you're going to be like, hell no. We don't want to be beholden to NVIDIA in 20 years. You know, we want to look out. They're looking out decades. So they have to find a path out. I don't know what that is. 
that's kind of an interesting side note to me. Uh, not just that everybody's, you know, battling out in terms of performance because Intel is in this vulnerable spot all of a sudden, but just the fact that so many companies are becoming so much more fully integrated. Because for a long time, AMD was the only company that made CPUs and GPUs. That was, you know, their star claim. It still is with Ryzen 5000 and Radeon, smart access memory and all that. But now you have Intel, you know, makes x86 cpus they're getting into z graphics they're going to start rolling out discrete graphics cards amd's uh still got both apple is now doing cpus and gpus in the mac and nvidia has always been graphics and now it's by an arm so all four of these titan companies are slugging it out and they're both getting their hands in processors and graphics and it's interesting times yeah and only one of them has a fab they're all fabless yep. except for intel so it's the one, the crown jewel of Intel has been its fabs and it has not performed for the last few years. So TSMC is in a great place right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm actually very interested to see, sorry, last, last thing I want to, I I'm very interested to see because, you know, I've just realized you've got Xbox, you've got Sony, you've got Apple, you've got AMD on their, you know, non-custom parts. They're all TSMC partners. How much capacity does TSMC really have to scale up? You know? Well, they can't make Huawei chips anymore, so that freed up a lot. Yeah, the well, that helped, I've right? Seen. Yeah. What, I wonder what, I mean, like, could Intel go not, I don't think they can go fabulous. I think they're too tied up, but could they, I know they're talking to TSMC too. Can, can TSMC really take on Intel, NVIDIA, uh, Apple, uh, Apple <laughs> and all the PlayStations, and still have capacity. I mean, how much capacity can they really have? I, I honestly, that's that's not something I follow, but I kind of wonder if that'll really constrain everybody. That's part of it. A lot of the uh, rumors about why did, uh, or not necessarily rumors, but discussion around why did NVIDIA use Samsung instead of TSMC? A lot of them point back to exactly that, that TSMC is just very, very busy and it's good chance that Samsung just said, hey, yeah, we can give you the chips that you need. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's tough because they've got customers like Apple that said, hey, you know, we're going to pay top dollar. We want five nanometer first. And they got yeah. it. So uh, it's good. Last good. question I have before we move on, uh, Gordon, do you, can we continue to consider the new Apple hardware a pc yeah so i mean this host comes up it, you know it depends on how what the meaning of it is and i do think very much i would define and i think most consumers let's be fair because they don't go like hey gordon this is relatives <laughs> should i buy a pc mac if a pc if the mac is a pc or should i buy a pc they don't ask that they're basically asking, should I buy a Windows PC or should I buy a Mac? Right? That's basically what everybody asks. That's what everybody yeah. thinks. And again, I really think this goes back to IBM PC, uppercase PC, model 5150. Everything is basically a derivative of that. It ran DOS, a Microsoft operating system, mostly, let's face it. It ran an Intel x86 part. You don't have to have Intel, could be AMD, but that is classically a PC because that's what the PC was. People then go like, oh, I'm going to go to the store and buy the Lisa. Oh, you mean the PC? No, no, that's what IBM makes. I'm going to buy a Lisa <laughs> or a Mac. 
right? It is not a PC. Is it a computer that you use personally? Yes. Is it a Chromebook that you use personally? Is it a computer that you use personally? Is it, Yes. Is your phone, is your Android tablet that you use with a keyboard a computer that you use personally? Yes. But it is not uppercase PC. No. I agree okay. with all that. However, I take a more liberal view. And I've, I personally, it's probably going to be sacrilege to you, consider any of these general purpose computing devices uh, to be PCs at, in their soul, if not necessarily by the same technical definition like you were just going to. Like to me, an Android tablet or an iPad is the personal computer for a lot of people. And I'm fine with that. And I think these Macs are going to be the same thing, different strokes for different folks. That's a large part of what Epic's lawsuit against Apple actually is. Like, these iPhones, these iPads are the PCs for people and PCs are open. How come they're standing here and gating everything off with a 30% developer fee? And I agree with that. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I, I understand that that's a whole different cuttlefish, but I just think if I ask you, Brad, should I buy a PC or should I buy a PC or should I buy a PC? Which one should I buy? Mm-hmm. That's not what they're asking, right? They're, yeah. they're asking, the should I buy a Mac or should I buy a Chromebook or should I buy this PC, which is a Windows PC or Linux for some people? But. Yeah, I agree. It's like the other day when I was talking with my kids as a hot dog a sandwich. Basically, if you ask someone to bring you a sandwich and they bring you a hot dog, you'd look at them like they're freaking stupid. It's the same thing here. I'd also eat it, though. I mean, I'm not going to like turn <laughs> yeah, away yeah. a hot dog. <laughs> Wait, Just hot look at Adam's face right now. You, you know what you started. <laughs> I do. I do. A hot dog be a sandwich. There's only one... Yeah, we can go very deep down that rabbit hole, and but I do not want to get into that just, right now. I mean, it's a, are you calling it an open face sandwich? Like when it's you not a like sandwich. Turkey? It's not a sandwich. It's a sandwich. Okay, so I think we can just agree that the uh, too long didn't read or didn't listen summary is that some people uh, would advocate that the word or like the term PC is like Kleenex. It is a branded mm-hmm. thing, while most people just say, "Get me a Kleenex." They mean get me a piece of tissue paper. That's that's it. <laughs> That's the quick summary. So do you want Kleenex, which is like really soft, high-quality stuff? (laughs) I actually have a box of this army army issue, and I I really need to find a box of it. It's basically like sandpaper. I mean, like you could literally sand stuff. It's like soft. It's like like a fine-grit sandpaper. Is that Kleenex? No, clearly not because that is one is sandpaper, one is Kleenex. We also not call it a dumpster. Anyway, we probably should stop. <laughs> Dumpsters before, up case. Before we move on uh, from this topic, I just want to say, like, we're sitting here kind of poo-pooing Apple's claims because they came out with these crazy marketing claims that I'm sure are technically true by some way that you slice and dice it, but they didn't explain any of it. That's what we're upset about. But competition is a good thing, and I actually am not mad that Apple is putting all of its engineering prowess to making the best CPUs and GPUs that it can now. Because look at what Ryzen has spurred in the CPU market. It was stagnant forever. Ryzen came out. Now they're battling it out. They're duking it out. It's going to be the same thing with the GPU space, I would guess, with RDNA 2 and Ampere. Like, competition is good. There's room for more than one flavor. That was really the point of what I was trying to say with tablets and with PCs. Like, Competition is good. There's options for everybody, and a hot dog is not a sandwich. No, yeah. and I agree with you because. Oh, I was just, I I was just gonna say uh, that I'm I'm glad you brought up uh, tissue paper, Gordon, because mm-hmm. uh, just like tissue paper, 
you know these these new uh, GPUs and CPUs. These are just paper launches. Oh, dragged into right? the next topic. <laughs> oh man, it's just yeah. I, Gordon, paper launches. What what it, what is this all about? I yeah. So if you go out and if I go out and try to buy fifty nine fifty X right now, can't get one. Yeah, it's a didn't paper exist. Launch. Didn't exist, Brad. This thing never. They never. It's not even real. It's paper launch, Brad. That's wild because I, I know a I, lot of people I, who said they got one. And I have the 3080 right in my mm-hmm. hands. Paper the launch. not real one because I can't get one. Paper launch, Brad. Paper Didn't launch. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> I can't buy Xbox or PlayStation next week. Paper launch. So yeah, yeah. you Are we you wrote find it? yeah you you wrote a good article. Uh, I just linked to it in the uh, in the chat. It's also going to be in the description. Uh, but yeah, you you kind of broke it down for people. What is a paper launch? That, that was that was my acting out the arguments. Everybody yelling at their screens as they couldn't argue things. Everybody's basically saying because I couldn't buy it the week it came out or the day it came out or ten minutes after it came out. It's a paper launch. It is. They are not paper launches, as far as I understand it. And most, because the one thing is nobody. It, it's not defined anywhere except in the Urban Dictionary, right? <laughs> a paper launch classically is you come up with some, you know, specs of your product. Like you know what Apple just came out with the M1. Intel's talking about the 18th gen part. Right, this thing is going to just kill that M1. Look at all these kind of cool things it might possibly have. None of it real, just on paper or AMD. Anybody, right? You do this to distract from the fact that somebody has something and you don't want them to talk about it. You want people to talk about your thing. It's either never going to exist or it will exist so far in the future that it is essentially launched nowhere but on paper. That is what a paper launch is. A paper launch is not. Oh my God. 50,000 people wanted to buy GeForce 3000s or Ryzen 5000, and they couldn't because there weren't enough made for day one. That's that's not not enough for everybody is not a paper launch. Yeah, I would expand that a little bit. Uh, that might technically be the Urban Dictionary definition. But to me, I think we talked about it on a recent episode. To me, paper launch also includes something like that first 10 nanometer Intel chip where yep. they rolled it out and there was like 50 of them made only for one you know, laptops sold by one manufacturer in like this one province of China, just to say that we have a 10 nanometer part out in 2018. Like to me, that's also a paper launch. All these new chips coming out right now, AMD and NVIDIA want you to buy them. They want you to buy as many of them as you can. They want to get them in your hands. They want to make money. This is not a paper launch whatsoever. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I would agree because that those 10 nanometer Canon Lake parts, they actually were apparently sold here. I didn't even know that in some nooks. Mm-hmm. Desktop part nook. I mm-hmm. don't know why they even bothered to do it because so few were ever sold, either because they couldn't make enough of them or, you know what? We sell this thing in the U.S. You can't sue us for saying we didn't meet this requirement, right? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But it was, it was, that is definitely, I would consider that a paper launch as well. But yeah, so this is just a supply and demand situation. Like yeah. we said a bunch of times on the show, everyone's home. You know, no one's going on vacation. Everyone's gaming in their free time. Everyone wants one of these. I was saying in the pre-show, my brother just managed to get an Xbox Series X yesterday by going down to GameStop. There was eight in stock. Uh, you know, he was able to pick one up on lunch day, even here in rural New Hampshire. Uh, 
they're out there. There's just so many people want these things that it looks like paper launches because everyone's hopping online and trying to buy these things all at the same time because gaming is what we have left at this point, basically, for a lot of people. So, <laughs> Sorry, I was just, I, I'm laughing because I saw a super chat pop up. <laughs> uh, real quick, Uncle Elias over on, on Twitch says, if it doesn't crash a web store, it's a paper launch. Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, I like that. <laughs> VC Jester gave us two dollars. Uh, makes a really good point. The full nerd merch was a paper launch. <laughs> it's actually true. Uh, yeah, it's literally think. pieces of paper on the wall behind Adam. That's yeah. why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> we were called out, but appropriately so. Though technically we didn't launch it, we just announced we were working on it. Technically, <laughs> depends well, on what your definition of is. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, our, we're going to see this. I mean, ACU 7 came out with guidance. Everybody's like, whoa, everybody, we're going to tell you there's going to, we're, there's gonna, not going to be enough radium, big novies to go around. Okay, folks. So don't get mad at us because everybody's kind of feeling kind of beat up, which is interesting because AMD had a spectacular launch and now they're getting beat up because I can't get 5950X, you know? So I, it's, I thought it was really funny that Asus was like, hey, we're letting you know we're not going to have enough. <laughs> Buy them fast. So so I, I think paper launch has become shorthand of like, oh, man, I'm really pissed that I can't get uh, these parts because I want it. What do you think should be the new term that people should say? Instead of yelling paper launch, they should yell what, <laughs> Gordon? You should have pre-ordered is what they should be yelling. So I got I, I'm, I just want to bring that up because the one thing you have to remember, look, Intel didn't make those Cannon Lakes because probably nobody would have bought them. Could you imagine, like, they said, like, hey, we'll take pre-orders. Holy smokes, we've got 50,000 pre-orders for these. Like, well, maybe we should make these damn things after all. For a company, you don't want to basically make so much product. Like, right now, basically, 5950X and 5900s are blown out right because they were the fewest made but what you know and you sort of if you're amd and you sort of like budget well we're probably going to sell you know x percent here x percent here and we're going to you know allocate a lot of it to the lower end parts because that's what most people buy because they don't buy you know 800 cpus but if everybody simply pre-ordered and put down a hundred bucks or whatever and they knew like oh actually we need to fulfill this many orders to get to hit that and, you know, without being basically left with a, you know, screwing up everything, all of our inventory, that can actually help. But as we know, mm-hmm. never pre-order. So. Yeah, as I was about to say, like, aren't, wait, aren't we always uh, on here telling people to wait <laughs> for reviews, never pre-order? <laughs> I say never say never oh, unless you never do. Cute kitty. Oh, the audio listeners are just missing this cute kitty. Oh, Lena's kidding. I to distract, but he was like uh, batting at me. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm really distracted now. Uh, so we have a couple of suggestions on uh, on the YouTube chat. Uh, you can call it limited availability. Uh, you can call it vaporware. Uh, you can call it shitty launch. Yeah, uh, that was that was my that was what popped right into my head. But yeah. I figured I wouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess you know, the, honestly, that is technically probably yeah. If you can't fulfill every, well, even that is like, well, you know what? Is this really a bad problem for AMD or NVIDIA to have that everybody in the planet wants your product but they can't buy it? That's not really that bad. They wish they could have more, 
but there are constraints. Maybe they couldn't get enough wafers, you know, maybe they couldn't fit enough on the boat. Who knows? But I think that's, <laughs> I think that is an, unf- I think you can't really call it a, a, a crappy launch, right? I, that's, I don't know. There's got to be some better way to describe it. Just sort of like, you know. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. And it's yeah. funny because it's getting a lot of attention this year because everyone's looking the game. Everyone's home, like I was saying. But this is very typical for every single product launch cycle. Like those things will sell out. Usually it takes a day, not a minute. But if you don't buy stuff on the first day, it goes away for a couple of weeks. It's waiting for the boats to bring in more and stuff like that. I mean, it's not atypical. It's just that it's atypical in how much demand there is this time. And considering everything going on in the world with the supply chains, you know, transportation, all that kind of stuff. Like everyone's just doing the best that they can. <laughs> they want to sell you these parts. Believe yeah. me very much. I've had conversations with people at a whole lot of companies in the graphics space and every single one of them wants you to buy their stuff. <laughs> they want to get them to you. Yep. They want your money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to accurately describe it. It's just simply not. It's <laughs> like, Disappointing. You, if you have gum in your gym class, you know what your gym teacher is going to say to you. So I don't know. I don't know what you do. Do they not, do they not bring the gum out, you know, and wait till later on? But you can't, as a business, that's not how it works. You got to sell, sell it when you got it, you know? Because that was, that was an argument a lot of people had. It's like, you should wait till, until you have enough. But they don't really know how much is enough. Yeah. There's no way to know. Um, I, I, I did not write it down. I'm so sorry who posted it. It was really hilarious. But somebody said, um, if we're talking about supply not meeting demand, uh, whatever we want to call that, then um, if you want to call that a paper launch, then back in February and March, uh, toilet paper was a paper launch. <laughs> toilet paper launch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, that's a good one. I like that. Toilet, I love it. You know, toilet paper launch is perfect because – with a paper launch. It's not like suddenly like, oh my God, they changed their toilet paper production. It's just simply everybody in the world wanted 700 rolls of it. So it just didn't have enough to meet that. That is perfect. I love toilet that. Paper toilet launch. paper launches. We so should scroll paper launch, and give the and credit to that person. Paper launch. Yeah, oh, well, that's that's going to be a new shirt for our it. paper. Oh for our God, paper for our paper launch. Yeah. <laughs> it really was a toilet paper launch. It doesn't, there's no blame on Charmin. Charmin did their job. I'm going to have oh. a, that with a toilet paper roll. I found it. It was uh, Tech Kev. Thank you for that. Uh, that tech Kev, yes. Tech Kev. Spectacular that needs, to be, that needs to be a T-shirt that you make for the full <laughs> toilet nerd. Toilet paper launch. <laughs> toilet paper launch. <laughs> oh, and just a roll of toilet paper. It says Smooth 30 on it or something. <laughs> no, we can't, no, we can't mix we can't those. We have, okay. to keep okay. those, we have to keep those separate okay. Okay. concepts. <laughs> and it, it really does convey like – because people think like, what, do people think suddenly they're like, let's stop making toilet paper for three weeks just to see how people suffer? No, that wasn't it. It was just like <laughs> people were stealing paper. it from their office. We, somebody broke into the dispenser in our office no, and stole did. the toilet paper. They, really they did. literally did. They, there was a picture. Actually, I took a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> and those <laughs> rolls don't fit on your home one. Yeah. They don't fit on your home one. Uh, and Cor- Corbin makes a good point. I'm gonna, right after the show, I'm going to have to get uh, Charmin on the phone, see if we can get a Charmin sponsored. Oh, you know what? <laughs> so what was it? Last year we had Disney. This year we had McDonald's. Uh, next year we're going after Charmin. Yeah. yeah. So we can't cuss on the, the show next year because uh, the Charmin. Yeah. Uh, God, that's uh, perfect. 
That is just perfect. It, it, it explains it to people just perfectly. That's just <laughs> toilet paper on ship. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so, yeah, before we run out of too much time, uh, I think we should hop over to the Xbox Series X impressions that Elena has. Uh, yeah. She has one in her hands. It's not a toilet paper launch. I mean, I don't literally have it in my well, hands, but. Yeah. You've, you've <laughs> had it slung in your over hands. the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> chunky. So, Elena, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dying to hear what do you think of the. The embargo's been lifted. It's it's out. What do you, what do you think? It's out. So um, so the, there's. I have to say, being on the PC space for so long now, I I was I'm a little cranky by the fact that they're not talking about actual specs and like it's so different from game to game, right? Like nobody's really talking about like uh, what exactly they've done to make those games play at 4K 60. Or, you know, in the claim of Gears 5, like what they've done to make it work at 120 frames per second in multiplayer. Uh, like, I, uh, I'm i a little surprised just because I feel like previously they might have given a little more detail, but uh, it just seems more hypey than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, I, I dove into a couple of games and I would say that, or I guess, you know, Gears as well. So like three games, not a lot of gameplay, so not super in-depth, but I would say that you would be pretty hard pressed to to criticize right where you have to like really crank up your bells and whistles on pc put it up side by side and say like oh well this one looks a little bit more like it has that vaseline effect like there's just a little bit less detail so the consoles suck like if you're if you're going that route consoles are definitely not your jam like (laughs) this is not for you i would say that if you're somebody who's who's having trouble getting your hands on a next uh uh, next gen current gen graphics card so you can't get your hands on a rtx 30 series card and you're still trying to like chug along with yours you don't know when stock's coming back you don't know if you're going to go radeon 6000 um and you want to throw down 300 dollars just to tide you over the holiday season you know for like the for the 1440p xbox series x i don't think you'd be too disappointed if you're really running old hardware and you can afford to like you know, do that and then maybe sell it later or use it as a living room box later. The one thing I will say that I'm really impressed by in this this console gen is the fact that more um, publishers and even like Microsoft itself is getting on board with the whole cross-platform thing. Um, so Assassin's Creed in particular, I'm able to pick up my save from either console. And that is all on Ubisoft's side. So their relaunch of Ubisoft Connect, where they merged Uplay and was it Ubisoft Club, um, actually has a tangible benefit for us as gamers. Yeah. I think it's really cool that I started my game save on the uh, on our live stream this tu- last Tuesday. My God, it feels like last week. So yeah, on Tuesday I started the the game on live stream. I was able to pick up right on my Xbox Series X, and. Uh, Wait, wait, yeah, so more games, explain that. More games do that. Explain that to me a little more. You started it on what? You started playing on. You play Ubisoft Connect. So you you played on your PC. Yeah, I played on okay. PC, and then I picked up on Xbox Series X, and I could I could just go straight from the point that I had gotten to okay. before it was separate. So if if I wanted to play it on a console, I had to start all over. I mean, so we talked about this... that on the stream. I was like, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, are you gonna are you gonna start over?" And you're like, "Oh, well, if I switch over to console, I'm gonna have to start over anyway." Yeah, so I didn't realize that Ubisoft cool. Connect had already implemented that as a feature, which I think is pretty cool. 
Super yeah, no, cool. I just want to make sure because I thought you meant maybe going to an older Xbox, you were able to pick it up. But you probably could there too. I think with the... I could. Actually, yeah, you probably could. I, I mean, think it's I all could. I, played, ha- yeah. I have an Xbox One. I could probably test that later. But I, I assume that they're they're making it compatible with any game that the platform or any platform the game is on. So that's what that's what I love to see, and I hope we see with because Microsoft is pushing it so hard, we do see at least the major developers start to pick up on yeah. that more and more. It sounds like Ubisoft is on it, which is great because Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Watch Dogs Legions are two of the big console launching titles right now. So I'm glad that that's supported there. Yeah. Uh, like Microsoft is making this big push for if you buy a game once, you can play it on any of our hardware. You don't got to buy it for Xbox and then again for PC. That's the dream. I would love to see that happen in the future. But if that mm-hmm. doesn't happen with third-party publishers... I would be thrilled just for what you're saying right now. If I could buy yeah. it for the PC and the Xbox and just carry my saves over and play wherever I happen to want to be, yeah. even have to buy it twice, that's that's great. I um I was reading into it a little bit this morning and I are reading about it a little bit this morning and I think it's even like a uh, cross console platform. So I think oh, in wow. theory you should be able to play it on PS5 and move over to Xbox because it's because it's all through Ubisoft servers. They they're platform agnostic, so they don't really care. I think so much where you play. That would be really cool for a lot of people back when we're able to more widely socialize in person. Because like back in the day, that was always the big pain in the butt. Like you go visit your friend, you get dragged on a family trip somewhere, and your cousin only has the opposite platform, so you can't like pick up where you left off. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's going to be a really good thing in the future if we have it. Um, but going back to the gameplay real quick, something I forgot to mention was I, I'm really impressed by how detailed some of those textures are on the Series X. Like I, I have two screenshots. I'll throw them in Discord in the gaming channel if people just want to see them to compare. But the level of detail on the next-gen consoles looking pretty good. The real that's, problem is just that there's not enough games. Just so that's enough games. That's my question, Landon, because, you know, you're a long time uh, gamer. Did you go whatever the previous generation Xbox is to this new one and go like, damn, kind of wasn't kind of one of those moments? In gameplay, yes. Uh, I got to be frank, honestly, uh, the user interface feels very Windows 10. (laughs) There there are moments where like I'll click a button and I'm like, wait, how come how come it's not responding? Like. Did I, did I not press the button fully? And then it's like, okay, now we're launching Valhalla. <laughs> like, oh, okay, okay, you just let me know when you're done with that cigarette break. Um, Aside from that, how are the load times? Are they everything they're cracked up to be? Um, I mean, I think the load times themselves are actually better. I haven't had a chance to put control onto the Series X because I control is kind of a it, it likes to take its time in loading itself on the Xbox One X that I have. So I'm kind of wondering if it'll be any faster on Series X. But, you know, I was looking at some of the, the reports and what other outlets had said in terms of, you know, how quick the load times are. And a lot of people are like, look, it went from like 47 seconds to 35 seconds. And I'm like, yeah, that's faster. But are you really going to feel it materially? You know what I mean? It's not like the same as going from like a really long loading time for startup to getting in the, the, the startup is faster though. I will say that. I think, I think the biggest difference you would feel is if you still have the original Xbox one or Xbox one. Oh, for sure. Then you buy something like this. Like I've seen it compared to that's like upgrading to a new PC. And I, I expect that would very much be the case. Wait, wait. So your comparison was from a load time on a PC versus a, 
a One X, a new Xbox, or old Xbox and new Xbox? So a lot of the the uh, recorded times that I'm talking about from other outlets, they're comparing consoles against consoles. So they would go, you know, Xbox One versus Xbox One X versus Xbox Series X. New Xbox, old Xbox, I think is the only way to really say it, but okay. I, <laughs> I, I think just the fact they've moved to SSDs is important. Um, I... I, I think that we're I think honestly if you've been, you know, championed the bit to 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 get one of these consoles, you're not actually missing a lot in terms of the performance jump in the user interface at least cuz it feels very like Windows 10 is the best way I can put it where you're like, okay, they launched they launched the the latest uh update to Windows Oh man, I kind of wish I hadn't agreed to do the update right now. I mean, I should have waited like another month for them to roll to iron out those bugs. <laughs> like that's what it feels like. And I mean, they'll get to it. It's just a matter of waiting for those updates to get pushed. Yeah, for for me, if you're already playing on the PC, like I don't think it's going to be a noticeable, appreciable jump. But depending on the PC that you're using, of course, coming from the Series X or no, the One X to this. Because I already had the supercharged graphics in the X, like it won't feel as big. But if you're still coming from the original Xbox One, which is what my brother had before he just picked up a Series X, he's like, "This is night and day difference. This is like the games launch so fast that they look so good." Etc. Etc. Et don't ha- don't the games have to actually be made with that in mind? Isn't isn't we're we're also not seeing the full potential of the loading? Uh, you mean like the quick resume? No, no, no. The the, the load times. Like, isn't that also something developers That's gonna be have to kind of games. like optimize? Yeah. So, I mean, we're yeah. like, it's faster we're probably because it's an SSD. Yeah. This. So and it's probably going to get faster going in the future. That's the other thing I would say. Like, that's not just the system interface, but, you know, just the games in general. It's going to take a little bit of time for the consoles to mature. Um, and if you're a console gamer, you kind of know that already. But I would just say on the PC side, it might not be a thing that people are expecting because... Uh, consoles get promoted so much as turnkey and like they're supposed to just work out of the gate but i feel like the more they've been trending into the pc space the more you're they're also kind of picking up this whole like oh there's first it was like a bunch of day one patches for the software and now it's the same for hardware like you get a bunch of patches like day one to make sure that it's uh everything's like smoothed out especially this year with everybody working remote at microsoft i bet you yeah. There is going to be some toothy problems. There always is whenever it's first-gen hardware, which is what this is at this point. So, I'd also imagine, though, I mean, developers on console face the same issues they do with PC, which is control obviously wasn't made for sort of, you know, the new Xbox as far as loads and taking advantage of all that cool load stuff. But they're not going to go back and change that. I mean, you don't want to re-architect the game just to to make it load faster from, you know, I sort of think that's something a lot of older well, games will never change, but you'll see it in, you know, games going forward. No, uh, actually, I mean, it kind of depends, I think, in terms of what, uh, I mean, I'm not privy to this, but my assumption is that Microsoft offers like either assistance or incentive to developers to go back. And there are games that get optimized later on. So like the Xbox One X have games that like got, you know, patches for. Well, and also Control is getting a 
enhanced edition it, exactly. it just it just got pushed back so i mean i i'm not i don't i have no idea if any of the loading stuff is in that but at least it's up res textures things like that yep. so yeah. they are doing some work uh and but it's also game to game publisher to publisher yeah it's you know kind that's of why right it's now, so, so weird trying to compare it to pc because we're so new in the launch it's so i mean obviously the next gen uh, oriented games like Valhalla already have a lot of this baked in where it's like they set out the gate like okay this is going to be 4k 60 it supports that um, other games it, it's kind of like a little bit patchworky where it's like mm. okay this one's going to get a, an update to it where you get the enhanced textures and like this one is you know going to have a 1440p mode and this one's going to have this and uh, so me trying to compare this to the next-gen console pc builds that you know i started on last week is a little a little complicated but i do i mean you know i started to sound like a broken record but i, I don't know does that even matter do, you, do we even haven't we all just gotten behind past the whole one platform now the new mac is obviously going to be totally different than the pc so what does it even matter you buy the best mac you buy the best pc and you buy the best console doesn't that really do we really need to try to make up these artificial comparisons or are we just past that? I mean, for me, a console would never work. I would just never in the world play with a console. It just doesn't work for me. I'm going to be a filthy PC world shill for a minute and say <laughs> that I think we've actually done a pretty good job of covering it from all kinds of different angles over the past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, our colleague Mark Hockman did an article explaining how, you know, the arrival of the Series X and xCloud has prevented him from buying a gaming PC because he feels all that value is there. He's always been kind of a console first gamer. That's fun. Uh, Elena did an awesome from the ground up PC build, you know, an X uh, PlayStation five, I believe it was rivaling build and the Xbox series X rivaling build and just did a whole awesome article explaining the thought process behind all that. And I did one that kind of pitted the two against each other and explained why it's not quite as clear cut and dry as that. So we, we have a cover from all angles on PCWorld.com. So if you're looking for any of that, if you're listening to this, go check it out. I think, I think to, to your point, Gordon, I think that it's not different, though, than somebody who comes to you, one of your relatives at, you know, whatever family meal you're at and says, Gordon, should I get a Mac or should I get a PC? <laughs> right. Like they're they're just really asking not just about the hardware and but they're talking about the ecosystem. What do you it, want? What do you want it, out of it? It is sort of. <laughs> I, and, you know, and the funny thing is, you know, people always assume I'm going to be the hater, but a lot of people will say, like, well, should I do a Mac? <clears throat> if I'm already, you know, if, and I'm almost like, well, look, if you're already on a Mac, you're used to it. Everything works that way. I think you get way more hardware out of the PC, like way more features than you do from the Mac. But I don't really think it's really worth it for a lot of people, who, especially if, like, all you're doing is using it as a glorified Chromebook, then don't bother to switch. Don't do it. It's a very, it's like trying to convince somebody to drive on the left side of the road. It's just like, it, you know, what's, it's good for them, not good for us. That's something that has to be considered, but I really think that they, they don't essentially in their core compete, but people like us, people like other outlets that just like to pit them each other to try to get the clicks, to get the excitement. That's that we're sort of, I feel like we're, we're beyond that. But I, of course, if you're going to get in my face, I will get back in your face all day long and say the PC is the best thing ever because you were saying whatever is better. And I, if you want to argue, I will argue. I like to argue. 
I will I will go out and say <laughs> I'm going to jump on something you said because the phrase always irks me that people are covering this just to get clicks and get attention and eyeballs. Uh, like at least for it. us, we cover that because it's questions that people are asking us and actually have interest in. So it's answering questions that people have. It's not trying to draw clicks and eyeballs. I know you weren't specifically talking about us, but I'm just going to no, throw just that out me. there because I always hate that phrase. <laughs> well, for me, because I, you know, I again, that's why I got so radioactive because Apple clearly is, they're trolling yeah. us. They yep. may indeed be faster, but don't just make it this kind of like whatever 98% and leave it at that. Come on. You know, yep. they, 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 if they're going to flex, just flex. Don't try to just troll us and, and you know, to get a reaction yep. and they got a reaction. That's, that's what happens. Uh, but we just- there's nothing wrong with Mark being a, a, a console first gamer and Elena being a console first gamer. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. Actually, I don't know if I'm really console first anymore with Game Pass and like being able to like swap freely between platforms. Now it's basically it's like wherever I'm at and is most convenient is kind of where I sit down. You hearing you saying that about Valhalla already supporting cross-platform saves like that makes me a lot more interested in possibly picking up not the Series X, but the Series S, the cheaper one for my TV. Because to me, that's the dream. Like sometimes after I sit here testing graphic cards for 14 hours a day, sitting here at my desk and playing games with my mouse and my hands more isn't very appealing. But if I can, you know, play Watchdog Legion down here when I want to be you know, basking in HDR and 4K and great frame rates and ray tracing. But then I can go after work and just go sit on my couch and pick up where I left off. That's that's a great selling point, I think. That's pretty good. Um, we just got a super chat. I'm steal Adam's job for a second from Keop901, $5. Thank you very much for that. Um, says, I feel as though the 4K 60 term on console are very deceiving. They're not much, or sorry, they're not running at high settings or native resolution. There's so much scalability on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I didn't, I'm a little bit all over the place this morning, but this one thing I didn't mention and I was going to say is that what I find impressive about console is that even though it's not like, true full fat 4k you know 60 where they're not you know actually rendering everything at 4k it what they've done in the background to make it look that good is still very impressive so that they can output at 4k on a 4k display and you don't get that like really kind of fuzziness that you get from upscaling so like they've they've done a really clever job of like knowing where to pull back and where to keep it you know sharp or like really detailed and i think that is a uh, and that's a great thing in general for us as gamers. I was—I forget what I was reading, it, but I was reading somewhere today that for a lot of the games that they've been looking at so far on the Series X and PlayStation 5, uh, it's just like it always has been with consoles compared to PCs. It's not ultra settings, which is what most PC players probably shouldn't be playing at anyway because it just nukes frame rates. Uh, it's more of a medium baseline with high set in where they can fit it in and not take the frame rate. So it's like medium to high playing. And you got to keep in mind that you're not playing it right in front of you like you are at your desk with a PC. Like me sitting right here looking at my monitor, I'll see that much more noticeably if there's, you know, quality issues right here than if I am sitting on my couch 10 feet away playing on my Xbox. So they, these really are kind of apples to oranges comparisons. They are. But they all, they all kick butt. Like I'm just amazed at how awesome gaming is in a state right now, at least if you have $500 to spare. <laughs> yeah. Or three hundred. I mean, for even what you're getting out of three hundred dollars, I mean, that is just yeah. so much, so much gaming value that you're getting yeah. now. I mean, these 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 next gen consoles are they're just 
they're amazing. They're the simply, and they, as they should be, the best consoles we've ever seen, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we should probably get on to some questions because yeah. uh, we got to wrap it up soon. Uh, I'm going to plow through some super chats. The first one, uh, $4.99 from Travis Morrison McKell. Thank you very much. Said, quote, Charmin did their job, end quote. Uh, tributed to Gordon. <laughs> they said, this is 2020 and I can't wait for it to end. <laughs> um, yep. Team Tech Worked gave us $2. Thank you so much. It said, do you think Congress, and without going too much into politics here, do you think Congress <laughs> should go after tech scalpers? That seems like a nuclear option for something more localized. Yeah. I did, sure. That's a supply and demand thing. That's like, yeah, let's let's get some drones in there, UAVs and all that stuff. And... <laughs> yeah, sure. What, what the heck? Why not? Wow. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then uh, uh, Stephen Hart uh, gave us five dollars. Thank you so much. Said, uh, Gordon, will you test the AMD uh, system access member or SAM? Uh, actually, I don't know if I have that acronym right to see if it will work on Zen two. Zen three is the same IO die. AMD didn't say it wouldn't work, so could you could you test it on Zen two as well to see? No, that's 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 probably a worthy endeavor. If I had a an RX sixty whatever six thousand <laughs> series card, I maybe I'll try to get one out of them to do some testing. But um, you know they could limit it from working, obviously. So I would I would think that if that happens, it would be a future update. Yeah. And, you know, AMD is one of those companies that just likes to over-deliver, under-promise and over-deliver. So if they haven't said anything and they suddenly bust it out in two months and then it's a feature, everybody claps, right? It's like The Sims where you sort of drop that little thing on the floor and they get excited. So. And they are, also, they are also, at least on the GPU side, I don't follow the CPU side as closely as you do, very good at backporting features that are technologically able to get backported. They're very good at doing that. Like if they roll out a new feature for the RX 5700, they wound up putting it on Vega 2 kind of a deal. You've seen that multiple times over their you know, history. So we'll have to see. But they have a good track record. Nice. Uh, let me get to a couple more questions over on Discord. A couple fun ones. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Bab- Babest7 said, uh, when do we think that the Apple M1 chip will outperform all x86 processors? You know, it, it depends on what the definition of all is. I, I mean, it's going to, I mean, clearly there's a reason we're not seeing it on the higher end platforms, the desktop parts. Um, I I'm, you know, it's Apple's plans completely to, you know, replace from iMac Pro to Mac Pro on down with its own silicon. So do I think they will, do I think Apple will completely always beat AMD, NVIDIA, and Intel? I wouldn't put any money on that. Will it be everything to meet the expectations of its users to keep them happy. Yeah, I think I think they will do that. Do I think they will beat them? I don't I don't know. And and again, we're we're at a crossroads. Essentially the previous Mac was a PC. You could argue that very easily because a lot of people booted into Windows. A lot of people wanted the Windows support. That's not really going to be there down the road. It's basically going to take the path of being a Mac and being different. And I don't think it Who's really going to, nobody, you're not going to convince anybody to switch. Very, very few people are going to switch. I think there's a reason these these first trio of 
products they announced have four high performance and four low performance cores, and I think they're probably a ways off from beating a 64 core Threadripper in the things that 64 core Threadripper chips are great at doing. With uh, discrete graphics. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, last question, real quick. KazMC has a really funny one, uh, just for, for shits and giggles. Uh, Gordon. Hey! So, he, already, he already used it once. Yeah, you might as well keep yeah, going. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we lost it. Actually, well, you know if what? it's Charmin, maybe that works <laughs> to the advantage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, which, which one would we rather have? You have two options. Uh, an Xbox Series X or a 13-inch ARM MacBook Pro. Take one. <laughs> for who? Is that for all of us? Yeah, that, yeah. That question? Which one would you take? For free. Which one are they going to send for free? Yeah. Is this the only thing we get to use ever? No, no. I think it's just, okay. yeah, somebody's going to send you a free one. Which one would you rather have? Wait. Wait Xbox so what Series are X again? or a 13-inch ARM or M1 chip MacBook Pro? $1,000 piece of hardware or a $500 piece of hardware? <laughs> I'm trying to work the math out on that. I would would probably get more use out of an Xbox Series X, but honestly, as someone who likes poking at technology and stuff, I would love to get my hands on one of those $1,000 MacBooks just to start throwing all those weird workloads at it to see where it kicks ass and where it sucks. Yeah, I'm with you, Brad. I I would want the M1 MacBook Air so I could hopefully better inform people of where the ugliness is and where the beauty is on that new laptop. But, you know, if you were just sort of like, hey, I'm going to send you one. Boy, that's a tough one. You can use GeForce now to play League of Legends on the MacBook Air. You can't do that on the Xbox. Boom. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, there. I, I, I will say there is an argument you're saying, Brad, to, like, living room gaming. You know, I don't really, I'm not a living room gamer. But, you know, maybe it's, you know, what the hell, having an Xbox under the TV set, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, because, you know, one of the great things about console gaming is sitting around with other people and playing. That's just something that's one of the magic of of console gaming. And, you know, you could do that with family. So true. Uh, Actually, last one, because we got a super chat. Shri Gathanathan. Thank you. Gave us five dollars and said uh, they're if they're holding on to their i5 6500 and upgrading from a 960 to a 3080 or a 6800 XT. Should they have any issues? Are they going to be bottlenecked? Wait, wait, can you say that again? They have an i5 6500 and they're upgrading to a 3080 or a 6800 XT. The answer is it depends on what resolution you're playing at. If you're playing at 1080p resolution, uh, that older chip will be some sort of bottleneck. Uh, you will still easily get way over 60 frames per second with ultra settings turned on. Like it'll be a great experience. It'll be a big upgrade over your 960. Uh, it'll be like getting the Xbox series X if you're coming from a Xbox one. But if you are playing at higher resolutions than that, it, the differences go away much less. I want to know what Elena picked between Xbox new Xbox <laughs> and the MacBook. Well, we, we got to get M1 going. MacBook. We got to get going. No, no, just, she can just say it. I, I, I'll leave it as a mystery. Mystery. got to get going. You have to get it on the Discord. Yeah. <sighs> Charity has an Xbox, so she'll take the MacBook. Yeah, actually. <laughs> All right, I, take us out I, here, Gordon. Elena would take the $1,000 so she could sell it. That's why. 
Uh, I, was asking, I, was asking, I was asking what the circumstances were. Is it, for, <laughs> if it, is it for review and testing or is it because they're just like, we're giving you something free, either take it or leave it. Just and it she's going to take the one that's $1,000. Yeah. I'm telling you that. <laughs> Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For our audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also send questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Please also leave us a review. Every time you do, Atlanta takes free hardware that she gets sent for free of greater value and sells it on Craigslist. Thanks Wait. for coming. I'm no, Gordon. No, but you know, because this is sent to you to, to to take. It's just no strings attached, no strings at all. Just simply, you know, come on, Elena. Am I getting? Will you take a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars? Look, I'm just saying this is an awkward question when I'm actually a hardware reviewer as well. So, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's really. Would you take a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars? Most people would take a thousand dollars. That's what I'm saying. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios, Elena. I won't take that five hundred dollars. Look, I I just got to preserve my integrity. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's 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 alternate. It's alternate reality, Elena. So, and Anna Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. Uh, the new Call of Duty coming out tomorrow. Come join me. I'm going to be streaming the hell out. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to watch. Bye. Mm-hmm.